Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto, episode 60. I'm your host, Octavia St. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit. And I'm here with my co-host, subbing in. Once again, another sub in for Adam Jamiroquai, Jazzercise, Jungle Boy Tetris, who's out there in Thailand. We have Karama... What's your last name? Karma Horn, we're, aka. Yeah, <laughs> wait, wait. What's your what? What they call you? What's your name now? They they call me the Blurred Girl, <laughs> aka the Blurred Girl. And she's subbing in. So, what? Welcome to the Junto, Karma. Thank you, thank you. I I hear uh, that uh, I'm the first woman mm. on this show. Mm. So mm-hmm. I want to congratulate you, but I want to congratulate you. Had a, you should have had a woman on here a long time ago. Well, you know, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> you do. And I'm very honored to have uh, popped the, the Junto cherry. And uh, we, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. You know, we appreciate you coming on and giving us a different perspective. That's one of the things we we're talking about before we recorded. I was like, man, I'm looking forward to this because we've actually never had a woman on the show. So I'm excited to talk geek stuff. The philosophy yeah. of geek culture, as we call it. Um <laughs> and have other folks on the show. So again, shout out to Adam. Little Adam, te- little Adam Tetris update. Adam Tetris, his food poisoning has been healed. Okay, mm-hmm. so praise God for that. He's back. Um, he's still out in Thailand though, but he's doing all right. See, I haven't witnessed any of this, so I don't. I don't believe any of it. I just see the. You, you don't believe you had no. You had Chuck on last week. That's a uh-huh. brother. You got me on. Right. I'm a sister. I think you are <laughs> literally. I think you got Adam in the closet somewhere, and you're like, we're gonna do a Black History Month. In- month incorrect. People, <laughs> not, I'm just that saying that's not what's happening. But I hear what you, I hear what you're saying. I hear the conspiracy theory you're creating. However, yeah. internet, I'm here to clarify. That is not the case. No, no, no. It's a, it's not it's not a there's, conspiracy. There there's are proof on the facts. social media. Oh, there's okay. Alternative facts, my Got friend. Got you. Got you. Well, there's proof on social media. Adam out there with a ten gallon hat on. You know what I'm saying? He got on shades. He's playing with elephants. Listen, he's in, he is in nobody's closet. He is out there having a good old time. So shout out well, to Adam. And what's up, Adam? Yeah. What were you gonna say? No, I was saying what's up, Adam, and I hope you. I really do hope he feels better because food poisoning sucks. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not fun. Not fun at all. So let's get into some of this news here. Um, We're going to do news on episode 60. We're also going to do some talkback questions. Um, It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. So um, one of the things that you put in the news was 28 Days of Black Cosplay. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, that started... um it's funny, everything since this year, but it actually isn't. It started a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically in celebration. The entire hashtag is in celebration of people of color in cosplay. And a lot of people don't think it's that big of a deal. But I don't think a lot of people realize that cosplayers at events and at conventions sometimes get harassed, especially if they cosplay a character that is not originally a, pers- a person of color. Hmm. And you would think that's very bizarre because it's, like, it's all about dressing up. But I literally have witnessed this. I've witnessed people being yelled at. Um, really? Yeah. So it's sort of a celebration of, um, and it's actually led by a cosplayer that calls herself Chaka Cumberbatch, which I think is hilarious. Chocolate Cumberbatch? No, Chaka. Like Chaka's, uh, like, oh, Chaka, like Chaka, like Chaka Khan. Like Chaka Khan. Yeah, oh, like Chaka Khan. Got you, got you, so got Chaka you. Chaka Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Um, 
She started a couple years ago. It was 28 days of cosplay then. Last year was a leap year, so it was 29, black di- t- mm-hmm. 29 days right. of black cosplaying. We're back to 28 this year. And so basically, if you do use the hashtag 28 days of cosplay... Um, of black cosplay. Usually, of black cosplay, yes. 28 days of black cosplay. You'll see... Check the images, man. There's some professional cosplayers out there. It's There's some young folks. I've seen families dressing up. It's basically um, one of the coolest images the entire... You get to see, you know, like the entire year. And it's, and it's honestly... <clears throat> it's also great because it lets a lot of us in the blurred geek community um, say, you know, give props to each other. Because, you know, it's kind of awesome to see some of the... And some of the people that I've seen are like... Really, really good. Like their costumes are amazing. So yeah. Now, one of the things that you mentioned is a lot of times people are catching some flack, some pushback from out being out here dressed as characters that are traditionally white, but Mm -hmm. they are not white. They're a person of color. So right. And you're saying that that's weird, but I mean that is a lot. That's a big conversation that's going on in geek culture in general. And listen, internet, if you don't know about the blur girl like she has you know thorough experience in the geek culture community matter of fact why don't we just run down a little bit about what you do outside of talking trash with me for episode 60 <laughs> so they know your pedigree who we talking to right now you and get some clarity on what's, ha- what's happening right now <laughs> well i have a website uh, a blog and a tumblr it's funny because it started as a tumblr first i was mm-hmm. like let me see if anybody cares about this and my Tumblr kind of blew up, um, and it's called The Blurred Girl as well. Blur- and then I have a website of the same name, and I kind of commentary on comics, geek culture, anime, movies, TV, from a Blurred Girl perspective. And that is basically a black nerd girl's perspective. I was definitely and, about to ask you to say, yes. what is a Blurred Girl? We can't a assume girl, any, every, a, every podcast is somebody's that's first. True. Exactly. So black nerd girl, basically. And does it mean that I don't talk about anything mainstream? No, that's not it. It's just sort of. um, Yeah, because you can check the tweets. You out here talking about other stuff. Yes, I'm talking about all kinds of other stuff. And yes, Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time on Twitter. um, And but I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram. I'm getting my Instagram up. I passed two two thousand followers uh, last month. Thank you very much. All right. Um, Making moves. I got eight and a half thousand, I think, on Twitter. So I'm working. I'm working. I'm trying to get it okay. out Okay. What is what is your Twitter and what is your Instagram just for people who might want to check you out and tweet at you as they're listening? I am, I am the Blurred Girl everywhere. Basically, T-H-E-B-L-E-R-D-G-U-R-L. That's me everywhere. Girl. Oh, and I'm also... At girl, yeah. And I'm also on YouTube now. Same name. Shout out so, to you in there. Yeah. So basically, it's... Um, that just it's just from this perspective of a black nerd girl, and it's so funny because it's also not just comments. I'm actually going to be bringing in a tech column into my blog because for some reason, a lot of people think that blurs only talk about stuff that happens in entertainment, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I know scientists, and I know, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I know there's a right. lot other of us humans. that are just yeah, there are other humans that are considered geeks, you know, um, and it's. I think the commentary is more from, I talk about diversity or slash what I like calling inclusion or actually what I usually refer to as reality. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And 
It's interesting that you say reality. It's interesting you say inclusion. One of the words that I've learned to use is representation because especially now that I'm getting into tech myself, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I recognize, well, you know, one of the big criticisms of tech is that it's not very air quotes diverse. And then they'll show the diversity numbers and look, look how diverse we are. And it's like, there are are more women now. Okay. That's what's up. But everybody's still white. Well, yeah, you know, and that's actually diversity could be blue eyes and brown eyes and short and tall and, you know, like. Well, yeah. And see, that's what's that's when you hear a term that a lot of people reserve for feminism, but it didn't start there called intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And there's actually intersectional diversity within the black community. But people outside the black community don't even realize that exists. Mm-hmm. And then, so, like you said, when they say, oh, we're really diverse and it's just a bunch of, you know, it's a lot of women. But they're still, they might be white women, you know? And then people say, well, we're the black woman. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, well, we've covered the diversity thing. Yeah. Um, I've also spoken to people that, <laughs> it's really funny. There's, uh, I can't remember the name of the gentleman right now, but there's a there's a really pretty big tech guy who was at uh, a conference last year that made this amazing speech about how much, how important it is for diversity in business and in, you know, in your workforce Mm -hmm. and made this joke that like, we are so diverse. I can't even pronounce like three of my board members names. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's not, I don't know if that's like what you wanted to say. Yeah. So here's the thing. There's people. I, I, the, the biggest thing that I usually tell people is, (laughs) You can't have a bunch of people trying to make decisions about diversity that aren't diverse. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's a bunch of white guys in a room, Mm -hmm. and they're like, you know what? And somebody actually recognizes the fact, like, guys, you know what? We need more people. We need more of a diverse thing. Right. That's when you go get a specialist or somebody who does not look like you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have, have them help change the culture of your organization. But if you only... Work with, talk to, spend time with, go to the grocery store with people that look just like you. Or have your same background or worldview or perspective. And I I don't just mean white people too. I don't just mean white people either, because I've actually gone through this on the on the um on the in the black community too. I was invited to uh I was on a panel. I got a chance to do a lot of panels last year. I was really excited. I got to host a panel at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I was on. A, I was on two panels at Comic Con, but I was also on a panel. That's Blurds and Afropunks, right, or something like that. It was Blurds and Afropunks. Yep, I got to host that, and then I was on Black Heroes Matter um, with with. Uh, but the the Blurds and Afropunks was amazing because I got yeah. to I saw hang David out. F. Walker was up there. You did. You also saw Corey Glover from Living Color, and you mm-hmm. also saw Vernon Reed. The amazing guitarist, and they're just the coolest, most laid back dudes. But anyway, I also did a convention in uh, at AwesomeCon, which if you haven't got a chance to, people, you gotta try and get to AwesomeCon because it's it's it. They haven't, they're not jaded yet. It's still a fun convention. <laughs> it's, they haven't been inundated by the media and the crazy, and it's still affordable. It's really a lot of fun. But I was on a panel down there. Um, Called Diversity in Comics. I was asked to join by um, the guys that are behind a uh, black comic called PB Soldier, but they also okay. have a they also have a media group called PBS Media, and they recognized the fact they needed to be diverse, and they were like, you know, let's ask the blur girl, let's see if you know. And at first, I was like, ugh, I'm the only girl, and then I was like, wait, if I don't go, there'll be no women, so I will go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got there, and it was basically 
five black dudes and me. And I said, all right, this is great, but I think I just want you guys to, you know, we were prepping for the panel. I want you guys to be prepared for somebody to say, hey, listen, this isn't really diverse. Right. And I was like, they were like, no, it is. I'm like, no, it's not really. It's like, no, the whole panel's black and we got you, you're a woman. And, and I'm like, okay, no, diverse means there's nobody here that's Asian. There's nobody here that's Latino. There's mm-hmm. nobody here gay or lesbian. And mm-hmm. there's nobody here that's white. Like, mm-hmm. literally, if you're going to be diverse, everybody's got to be up. And they're like, well, that's not what this is about. I'm like, right. So you should have called it Black People in Comics. Mm. And they were like, no, 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 no. But it, 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 this is diversity. And I'm like, okay. We had the panel. It went really well. We had a Q&A. We had the slideshows, a bunch of stuff. And it was great. And we right. did talk about other comics that weren't just Black-owned comics. And people stood up to ask questions. And the first person to stand up, I'll never forget this, is a young Indian girl dressed as Kamala Khan, hmm. cosplaying as Kamala Khan. And Ms. she Marvel. said, this, this panel is amazing. And I think we need more of this. But I'm curious, um, is it possible that next year you guys might be more diverse? Hmm. And I sat up and I looked and I was like, just, gave him, just sipped guys, your tea and gave him the side eye. Right, exactly, exactly. I'm not going to say this in public, tea. but you know what I said beforehand. Exactly. I sipped all the tea. So, <clears throat> and I think that's the other thing. I had the issue, the same conversation about the Oscars so white hashtag. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that turned into Oscars aren't black enough. But right. that that wasn't what. April Rain originally, and that's the name of the woman that started that hashtag, that is not what April originally set out to do. It was literally about how representation of all other cultures. There's yeah. not enough Asians. There's not enough, you know, And we talked um, a little Latinos. bit about that. You know, Danny Rand, like, now, internet, as you can see, we have a whole, we, we, if you listen to Comic Book Junto, you know we normally have a whole list of stuff. But, yeah. it, but I already told Kamara, I said, we're going to let this conversation go where it goes. We were talking a little bit off of air about Danny Rand, um, right. about the new Marvel Netflix TV series coming out called Iron Fist. And Chuck and I talked about that on episode 59, but you had some thoughts too. So since you brought that up, maybe you might want to <laughs> even share some of your thoughts on that as well, because okay, well, I've already well, made the- myself clear. <laughs> well, the couple of thoughts that I had um, were just, uh, here's the thing. Tell me there the was thing. A, there, was a, <laughs> there was a lot of pushback about um, people wanting, and, you know, a, a lot of people, rightly so, wanted an Asian Danny Bland because... Did you just say Danny Bland? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's Danny what you name for him. He's Danny Bland. In, in, okay. in our world, he's Danny Bland. I Yawn Fist is another one. Um, Yo, I Yawn Fist? I Yawn Fist. And yeah. where is this coming from, Kamara? Tell, tell me, where is this coming Twitter. from, folks? Twitter. Twitter. But Black why Twitter though? What's like? Twitter. What's the what's the purpose? <laughs> like, what's the reasoning behind it? Um, because I think a lot of people are feeling that the person, not just the fact that he's white, but the actual actor that was cast mm-hmm. as Danny Rand is not isn't the best choice for the character. Okay, and and that's where it basically is coming from. Um, but it's. I personally, and this is just me personally, I'm not speaking, for those of you listeners who can't differentiate, I'm not speaking for all of the black people on Twitter right now. Right. Um, I, Thank you for making, you, you got to make that clear, though. You know, you, you do, do got to make do. that clear. You do. Because then people are like, is the, but I heard. <laughs> right. Um, the Black History Month episode of Comic Book Junto. Exactly. <laughs> which exactly. which is that, a right? joke. It is not a real thing. But anyway, it is you got to say these things. It is things. a joke. But yeah, but see, the tweet is out there, so now they're going to think it's real because, you know, internet. Well, hey, you know. Um, <laughs> they, 
my thing is they they really could have gone with an actor that I felt had more martial arts background, had yes. more, you know, I felt no matter who was cast, they should not be who they cast, basically. You just not you're not um, you're not feeling the dude that they cast as Danny Rand. Um, I am not. And, the, and it's just I not am, doing it for you. It's it's not, but I am feeling um, who they cast as his nemesis, and it's funny because I. This is what I was talking about. La- this is what I talked about on episode fifty nine. It's like the dude yeah. who wanted to be Danny Rand. He ends yeah. up being the villain, but he seems like he would be better to be Danny Rand than the guy they cast to be Danny Rand. Yeah, and if you if you troll my feet a little bit, um, you'll see that I actually have um, a couple of. It's really funny because the actor, and I'm trying to remember the actor's name right now. Go back um, to episode fifty nine. I did mention the actor's yeah, name because I we'll, looked it up. We'll say the actor. But anyway, the long and the short of it is this: that actor has is is a martial artist. Literally, yes. was his both like his mother was an actress. His father moved to Hollywood to train other stunt people, was a stunt person, like, with... Like, he's got it in his bones, and he mm-hmm. literally... So, it's it's a little bit of what I saw with... Uh, I went through this with Daredevil, and I love... I did like Daredevil. Uh, my only problem with Daredevil is that everybody Asian was was an enemy. And it looks well, like they were yeah, about to do the same true. thing with... Went, doing the same thing with Iron Fist. Yeah. But the the... The funny thing about um, Iron Fist, we were all loving a lot of those action scenes. I mean, not Iron Fist, uh, Daredevil. Daredevil, we were loving yeah. Those, action, the hallway scenes. We were scenes. loving those actions. Excellent. Yeah, that hallway scene was was straight out of Old Boy, and you know. But yes. anyway, yes. the the those fight scenes were amazing, and everybody was saying how awesome that the actor playing Daredevil was. And I'm like, you are praising his stunt double. I yeah. need you to be clear. That yeah. is not him. That's <laughs> that not Charlie Cox. Stunt. It is not Charlie Cox. That is his stunt double. And then I actually got a chance to um, see Charlie Cox at Dragon Con last year, and he was very clear. He's like, yeah, no, I don't do any martial arts. I show up, and I put my foot there, and then they edit. Mm. <laughs> and I was crying. Right. right. <laughs> so, and I think the whole point of what we're talking about right now is part of what 28, 29 days of Black Cosplay is about, is yeah. about representation in geek culture because a large part of what we see is that you know if we leave it up to the mainstream community and we have these rules that say you can only cosplay people of your same ethnicity well we all gonna be luke cage you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we're all gonna be like uh an asian villain every asian person's gonna be like the shredder or something like that you know what i yeah. mean like like so that whole idea of going out of your way to be able to say, look, listen, your, your skin, the amount of melanin in your skin should not be some sort of deterrent for you to be able to dress up for how, you know, think about if it's Halloween and it's like, well, you can't be anybody except people who are your ethnicity. It's like word. That's what you're going to tell a little kid. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing. It's, 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 that's where I think representation matters the most children. Cause they see, they need to see that, um, that they can grow up and be anybody. I mean, look, if you want to grow up and be Sailor Moon, be Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you want to, you know, they need, they, they're children. Why can't they dream of being whoever? Yeah, and there's you know? a lot of, and, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. And I just think there's a lot of pushback um, and a lot of confusion and, it, I, you know, I, a lot of politics get involved in it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, people want to see people that look like them in being considered in in different ways and yeah. i i i don't think 
I think, and the, and the other thing, and I'm, then I want to drop it, is that um, I, for some reason, there's we live in this culture now of when I say so, this thing over here matters to me, mm-hmm. the answer in general is, why are you saying that I don't matter? It's like, right. I didn't say that. Who said that? I didn't, I, I didn't say that. I said, I like cupcakes. I yeah. said nothing about the fact that Oh, you got that a problem with pancakes? Didn't, that's right, not what that's I, what I'm saying. And I'm like, I didn't I say that. Yeah. I, I, I never said that. I was just saying I happen to like cupcakes yes. too. Right. <laughs> and so that's the that's the kind of thing, you know, or they need the level to see of, inclusion, um, you know. Right. And there's, a, and there's also a clarity that I think is important that I, that I try to go out of my way to make to go, listen, it's okay to say that I don't think that this topic is getting enough attention. It's yeah. okay to say that. And it's also okay to say I'm going to go out of my way to make a big deal and specifically put a magnifying glass on this thing. I'm intentionally going to focus on this. And I don't owe you my time, talent, treasure, effort, energy. I don't owe you that during this time. If it's my birthday, it's mm-hmm. my birthday. It's not like, right. well, my birthday's next month. That's kind of rude, don't you think? Like, it's not your birthday today. This whole celebration is for this guy, this girl. So why are you talking right, so about... Basically, Why are you talking about, about yourself? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's and it doesn't you. mean you're not important, but it, <laughs> what it does mean is the focus, the purpose, the reason why we bought this cake is because we put this person's name on it. So if, you right. know what I mean? Like, so, right, right. So if you're saying, if you're saying, it's basically like saying like, I'm saying to you, you know, wow, your birthday's next week, right? That's amazing. And somebody else says, all birthdays are important. And you're like, <laughs> right. I'm not, right. no, right. I'm talking about his birthday. Right, <laughs> right. How, but even like as, as ridiculous as that analogy is, that's exactly what's happening. It's like, happy exactly birthday to you. What about my birthday? I'm a Virgo. Like, what? What? But that right. is as ridiculous. And, and, it, it, and then they got to change the song. So it's now happy birthday to everybody in the Western Hemisphere. Happy birthday. What about the, what about the other hemispheres? It's like, fam, exactly, look. Exactly. Like, listen. right. Yeah. Cupcakes. So, Cupcakes solves all this. Cupcakes. Right. <laughs> so that's good. Um, so next thing we got in the news here, kind of continuing with representation. There's this new comic book that's coming out that I was really interested in when I saw. It's called The Destroyer. Um, you, you hear anything about this here? I did hear about it. I didn't, I have not had a chance to take a look at any previews. But I got a little info. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fill me in because it so, sounds similar to a com- comic that's out right now. So I want to hear this first though. So th- without spoilers, the whole idea is this is fusing Frankenstein with mm-hmm. something that has to do with a Black Lives Matter narrative. So we've seen, unfortunately in the news, we've seen black people getting gunned down in the street. All the time. That's what we've seen over and over in 2016 and many moons before that. So one of the things that I've said is like, well, when is this going to creep into my geek culture? So you're trying to tell me that people are getting gunned down in the street. And I've made this analogy before. Carnac can see the flaw in everything, but he can't see the flaw in the police system. That's right. Killing people in the street. So, you know, Sam Wilson's just not involved with Black Lives Matter. Like T'Challa yeah. is just not has nothing to say, you know. I know yeah. he's focused on Wakanda, but you know what I mean. Like, I can I give I give T'Challa a little bit more credit because he's got an entire country to rule. Yeah, T'Challa Sam, would be like, look, Sam I, gets, y'all Sam gotta gets figure nothing. it out. Yeah, Sam gets nothing from me. Well, Sam from what I understand, they're addressing it in comics anyway. But that, but this yeah. is the thing as a as a person of color, a black person who's living this every day. It's like when I look at my geek culture, it's okay. So wh- when is so Captain America? I'm talking about Sam. I'm talking about 
you know, Steve Rogers, if he's going to fight for this, I would expect him to be, you know what I'm saying, fighting Mm -hmm. for the right of people who are getting gunned down the street and, you know, there's video of it and whatever. So this comic is taking something that happens in the Black Lives Matter movement, which is a young boy getting killed in the street and combining it with the idea of Frankenstein. So like that child who was killed kind of being reanimated in the same way Frankenstein has. And I heard that and I was like, that's enough for me. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Give Mm -hmm. me issue number one of that. No, so it seems like that's coming out know, in May. It does. And I have seen some of the style, stylings of it. The other thing is that's interesting is that his mother is a doctor and a researcher. Right. And I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm hinting, it looks like, as, as a geneticist, possibly. Um, and so, and there's also some shades of Walking Dead, you know, also. It, so it's they? sort of, yeah, because it's sort of like she's, even though it is Frankenstein, think about it. Frankenstein technically is a zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a reanimated from a bunch of people, not necessarily one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. It is very interesting. I think the other comic book that made me think about this in the same way was Black, the one where what if only Black people had superpowers? Yeah, by um, coming out of uh, Black Mask Studios. Yeah, that one had something similar. It's it's a uh, the origin story appears to be similar. I don't want to give away spoilers. I understand the show is anti-spoiler. Right, that's right, that's right. Spoilers, um, Black Congregation. Yes. Y'all know what it's hitting for. Exactly. Don't you dare tweet at us <laughs> with no spoilers. Don't you dare. Don't you even <laughs> put your put it down. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You know good. And, you know better. We don't do that over here. You raised you better. You got no home training. Cut it out. <laughs> but it says I I I ha- have heard that it's coming out in May. I'm excited. Um, it. I got a little I, bit of the, a synopsis I, the, here. I can read to give a little more background. What well, which is doesn't. Yeah, have the spoilers. only thing the only thing I do heard about it is that Dietrich Smith is the artist, and I know he's from um, Shaft, which was mm-hmm. David Walker's book. Mm-hmm. David so, F. Walker. Yeah, and I met and and I met him, and Dietrich is a really nice, really nice dude. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so here's here's a little write-up. It says, A young black boy is killed by police. There is no justice and definitely no peace for his grieving mother, Dr. Joe Baker. She comes from a long line of researchers, and she immerses herself in science rather than religion to fight through her grief, finally unearthing a family secret that may allow the unthinkable a way to bring her son back. This is the setup uh, uh, for Destroyer, a new monthly comic that monthly comic series that fuses the heartbreak of the Black Lives Matter movement with an age-old story, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Boom Studios, the Boom Studios comic written by horror novelist Victor Lavelle, and he did um, The Ballad of Black Tom, Big Machine, and illustrated by Shaft and Incredible Hercules artist Dietrich Smith does not take um, cues from Shelley's 1818 novel. It continues it. So from what I'm understanding from the interview on this link, it says that somehow Dr. Joe Baker is somehow related to the original Doctor's. From Frankenstein. Yeah. So I'm, okay, cool. I'm in. I'm in. I will be purchasing yeah, that. Yeah, it's very curious to me. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, and I, I, it, this is one of those indie books that looks good. And then, I, like I said, I've seen some of the art and the art looks really nice. I like some of the line art that I've seen. Um, I'm a fan of light and shadow when it comes to my coloring too. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I like what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm excited for this. So May, I believe it's coming. Yes. Out. That's what it's looking like. So uh, I'm going to talk to Adam. You, you can probably expect us to try to get that in to be one of our books of the week because I'm I'm very interested. I mean, just hearing the concept like, wait a minute, 
we know the whole Frankenstein idea, but oh wow, what do we want to like? What do what do you always see the mother? I mean, even going way back to Boys in the Hood, like what do you see the mother just bawling, snot coming out of her nose, crying, my mm-hmm, baby? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's the narrative we see. Like the mothers, and even in real life, we see kids getting shot in the street, and you're just like, there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing that we can right. do about it. But what if you could do something about it? So you connect that like terror with another kind of terror in a sense to Frankenstein. I go, Ooh, what could, you know, even the whole idea of like, I wanted him back, but is that really him? Is it another version of him? Like I'm writing the book from my, from my own mind here, but at least what I'm saying is my interest is peaked and I want to read it. Yeah, no. And and honestly, that whole um, concept of, Oh, my son is back, but is it really him? I got the same feeling from um, mosaic. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I read a couple issues of that. Adam Marvel, yeah, Kyra Randolph and um, Jeffrey Thorne, because it's sort of like he gets hit with the inhuman. He, he is inhuman. The terrigen cloud. That's not a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, that's not a spoiler. That's everybody knows that. Um, right. But <clears throat> the fact Spider-Man that gets bitten by a radioactive spo- uh, spider. Spoilers. Sorry. Right. Right. Exactly. That kind of thing. So now he can be anybody. He can take on anybody. He can jump into anybody's body. He can become them. Right. Um, and also, at, at, he brings. He gets to retain their memories as well as their traits and some of their um, uh, gifts, so to speak. Yeah. So, but it's interesting because it's like, oh, he's back, but is he? Right. Exactly. You right. Know? He said he's back, but he doesn't does not have like a corporeal form anymore, you know. Um, so it's, I, I like I like I am a big fan of comics that I'm not a big cape comic person, uh-huh. meaning the Cape Crusaders yeah. coming to save the day. I am a big fan, and I think we've had in the indie on the indie side anyway, a lot of really good comics come out that could possibly happen. You know what I mean? Like th- that are based in some form of reality, and then they just go one step further. Um, I like that because it it I think it especially if you have a good writer behind it, it makes for really good storytelling. Yes. Um, and I like that in fantasy also. Right. Like it's just if it's like oh, wait no I it, basically if you read a story and it and it makes you question the world around yes. you as you're walking yes. in it. Yes. I think it's done its job. Right. You really have that. That's a person that's written it really well because now you're changing my reality as I'm walking through it. I like that. Yes, absolutely. All right, moving on to something that's absolutely not indie: um, Avengers: Infinity War. So there's a little featurette that's come out, um, and even on top of that featurette that that talks about the next Avengers movie that's coming out. There's also this new Thor. Um, video that came out that's attached to the Doctor Strange DVD that's coming out. Funny stuff. What did you think of the feature and what did you think of the Thor like little comedy piece? No, I thought it was funny. You know, actually, um, I'm a fan of the Marvel film, little sh- the Marvel shorts mm-hmm. is basically what they were yeah. started to be called. One shot things. Um, they're, yeah, they're Marvel one shots, right. And I, I like them. Um, I, because and I, I tend to think that they are written sometimes better than some of the movies. Hmm, you think so? But they, I do think that sometimes. Well, you can get a sometimes. joke off if you, you know, you can get a joke off in like five minutes. It's a lot different than if you're right, trying to see, carry something for two hours and ten years, and you know. Well, that's true. And honestly, when you're looking at a superhero movie, you're not there for the writing. You're there for the effects. You're there for. Wait, the who's not there for the writing? For, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying I, I, I need some writing learned. too now. You can't just punch people in the face okay. and be like, the end. You know? Well, <laughs> DC thinks you can't. I'm oh, sorry. We, well, we, we, we will get there. That was me. Right. Hey, that was rude. Listen, <laughs> we have some stuff on the list to talk about as far as DC is concerned. <laughs> they out here, man. But I honestly, I thought, I thought that, um, the reason why I also thought that one shot was pretty funny was because it all took place in one room. Yeah. Like they shot the whole thing in like somebody's apartment. Yeah. But it, it was just one of those things that it's was- like an Instagram um, video. And I'm also, it is. And I'm, I also occasionally read um, fan fiction. And you always find fan fiction like that where they take these superheroes and they just put them in somebody's living room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that the, I thought that one was hilarious, especially when like literally the Asgardian coins were buttons. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, does anybody see that these are buttons from my grandmother's coat? Does anybody else see this? Yeah, this dude talking about a gazillion dollars. Is anybody else? Exactly, it's a gazillion dollars there and a pumpkin. I want to believe that Thor if, is really like that. Like that's really what he's like. He's just that disconnected. No, but what I what I honestly feel like because many times when you see these things, I always wonder what the writers' room is like. So I feel like they had a drunken bet and they put a bunch of stuff on the table and they said. Everybody gets to pick different things out of this, out of the prop room, <laughs> and everybody write something mm-hmm. with what's in front of them. Yeah. And the people who wrote the story about the pumpkins and the buttons won. There it is. That's how we did it. <laughs> because genius. I'm excited to see. I'm excited <laughs> to see Avengers: Infinity War. Um, and I know that doesn't officially count as a trailer because here's my rule. I don't know if you know this, Karma, but here's my rule. I watch one trailer. That's it. After that one trailer, I've decided whether I am or am not going to go see the movie. And then I completely black out. Hence the blackout congregation completely black out until the day I get to the movie. Now, this you know, feature I've, red, I've only done that once. I've only done oh, that once. You need once, to come join us. I, Join us. Yeah, well, you know what? No, I, 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 it was very, very actually fruitful. The reason why I think Rogue One was so exciting to me was because I did that. I refused to watch all of the hype and the crazy <clears throat> because it was Star Wars. And I watched one trailer. Mm-hmm. Honestly, between you and me, you know, and, every, I just and the millions, to see and millions of people listening. Between you well, and yeah. me and the millions. I mean, and between you and me and millions. Right. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, all I needed was. To know that Donnie Yen was in the film, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going, whatever. Yeah. But I didn't watch 9,000 no. different versions Mm-mm. in different languages. We don't need that. So I think, I think there's, I may have to join your congregation. Stay black. I may have to do that. Stay black, Carl. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stay black. <laughs> it's the right thing to do. It's for your own good and for those around you. I'm trying to tell you. It'll help you. Yeah, so, all right, so Avengers Infinity War, this does not count as my trailer is the point I'm trying to make here. However, okay. I am excited, but, you know, there's some movies I know I'm going to go see them. Like, I don't even need, I don't even need no. a trailer at the end of the day. Like, I know I'm going to go see Spider-Man. Whatever Star Wars they put out, I'm yeah. going to see it, you know. Now, I'm going to jump a little bit down in our, in our news here. I don't know if I'm going to see, like, this whole Rampage movie, right? This Rampage mm. movie is one I need a trailer for. I mean, I hear that The Rock is going to be in it. So that already has me going. I mean, The Rock is like today's Arnold Schwarzenegger. When I was young, I was like, Arnold is in it. I'm going to go see it. That's how I felt about it. But, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, uh, The Rock is doing a Rampage movie. And Joe Maginello is supposed to be in it. And now Naomi Harris is going to be in it. I'm just like, ah. What, what are we what are we doing right now? No, I'm just stuck on the rampage. I don't I, what I remember of that game was like there's an ape and there's it's a like a crocodile 
a werewolf and, and, pick up and an ape. And a, yeah, a, a, you said a crock of werewolf. I'm no, mad at you. A crock of, a croc- I don't know what I said, <laughs> but it's something up there a on the side of, of that building. That's yeah. what, I, you know, we need to research this. There might be something out there actually called the crock of werewolf. Could be. Or I might have just created it. <laughs> Copyright, Octavia St. Newman, comic book Junto, episode <laughs> 60. Don't even try me, okay? Mine. Owning. He said, mine. <laughs> TM. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, so the only reason why I'm bringing this up again is Na- uh, Naomi Harris, who played a great, did a, did a great job in Moonlight, has been, you know, said to be joining a part of the cast. So it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're trying to build a cast around this movie, which is giant monsters tearing down buildings. And the video game was never about cast you know what i'm saying it's just no it was about the monsters tearing down the buildings yeah that's what it was about so i'm just i need a trailer is what i'm saying that's why i'm bringing it up yeah yeah that was like when people were complaining about the um yeah i i i heard some people complain the same way about um pacific rim and i'm like this is like rock and sock on robots pacific rim was dope godzilla that's what i'm saying but it wasn't about like again i don't know I, 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 it wasn't, Pacific Rim was never a game first. It was never a comic first. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he wants to make it from this game. And I, like you, like you just mentioned, I don't understand what story they're pulling out of this because it's just, unless it's going to be campy, like Sharknado or something, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're just going to have like, just animated characters in like a live action city tearing it up. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to see. I'm going to need a trailer for that one. Um, so staying with Marvel here, going back to Marvel, I should say. So, Doctor Strange, have you seen this movie? No. You haven't and seen Doctor GP, Strange? I probably, I have not. And I'm, I, I don't care if you spoil it. I really don't. But I'm, I had issues with the Tilda Swinton thing. Right. And we're, and we're um, back there again. Because that's, that's what everybody yeah. has talked about in the past. That's what everybody has talked about. Since the movie has come out, and well, here's here's the thing. I it, it, the thing that the problem that I have with it because a lot of people are like I don't understand why you're saying it's not diverse because instead of casting an Asian man, an Asian, you know we cast a woman. I went through the same thing when they did this with um, they're casting the American live action version of Death Note, which is one yeah. of my favorite mangas and animes, yeah. and I had the same reaction because I'm like. The main guy is an Asian, and his name is Light Yagami. So they had I'm a like, white guy Light playing Yagami. someone named Light Yagami? Yeah. yeah. There's a She's white blatant. guy playing Light Yagami. Like, but wait, but but since Doctor Strange has come out, if you go back to IMDb now, all the characters' names have been changed. Hmm. He's now Light, but his name is like McDaniels or something. He's not Yagami. Um, and the guy that played L is not Asian. They made him a black, an African-American character, which is fine. But the argument was there's not enough Asians <laughs> getting roles in Hollywood either. Yeah. And there and a lot of people were saying to myself and other black people, well, you should be happy because he's black. You got one. I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> again, back to the cup you got again one. back to the cupcakes. I, right, but again back to the cupcakes. I don't want just one cupcake. Nobody does. Nobody wants one you cupcake. You want a variety. No, you want a variety of cupcakes and a variety of different flavors and sizes and icing choices. They're all cupcakes now, mm-hmm. but we want to see a bunch, mm-hmm. you know. So it was just, but we want to see a bunch of different people, you know, playing different roles. So it's, I think it was a misstep with Tilda Swinton. I also think her um, 
she had some missteps with the media. Um, well, it seems like there's a lot of times people make statements that just make you go, are you awake? Like, what are you, what are you saying? So even into this, right? So a new statement that's come out. So um, one of the actors in Dr. Strange, Benedict Wong, um, here's mm-hmm. a quote that he said. He says, quote, when you really boil down the true essence of the ancient one, the eternal timeless quality, there is no actor or actress quite like Tilda Swinton to play that. I think it's a matter of, it's, it's, it's a master stroke. She's just amazing. And I'm like, fam, you, sir. Okay, well, here's the thing. Miss, you're missing the point. Right. I don't think he's missing the point. I don't think he's missing the point at all. He's getting a paycheck. He's in the movie. The only other thing that Benedict Wong is doing right now is Mr. Robot, which has not started shooting the next season yet. My man is staying, trying to stay relevant but like, like, and trying to get a paycheck. But from looking at this article, think, they're saying that he volunteered this information. Like, nobody even asked them about it. Like, he just went out of his way to make the statement. So here's, what I'm, here's how I'm looking at it, right? I'm looking at it like this. Like, okay. for you to make the statement, when you really boil down the true essence of the ancient, ancient one, like, so what's the true essence of the ancient one? I don't, how does, and he says, the eternal timeless quality, there's no other actor or actress quite like Tilda Swinton to play that. Like, so you're telling me the essence of the ancient one isn't that he's Asian. Him being Asian is not a part of the essence of him. I think that's what he's trying to say about the character, that it doesn't matter if the, the character is Asian or not. And that really bothers, like, that bothers me. That bothers me. No, it bothers me too. And not to bring up, the Danny Bland again, but what I I would have more, if we're going to talk like, if we're going to talk trope here with like, I'm not, not trope. If we're going to talk canon, Mm -hmm. I would have more respect. I had less respect for the, for what happened with Iron Fist, because even in the comic book, the Iron Fist has not always been one person. Yeah, it's like a, it's a mantle that's always changes down. to different people. It is a mantle, so it could be anybody. So it doesn't make any sense why it couldn't be an Asian American person playing it that has never been home. You know, right. has never been like doesn't embrace their heritage because they've never had to. That's yeah. what, what I thought would be a more interesting story. This, not so much. The ancient one has always been the ancient one. Yes. Now his power has um, been, been passed down to, but the. Every, it's not like there's a bunch of different Doctor Stranges with, I mean, it's a bunch of different ancient ones with a bunch of different names. It's like like Green Lantern or something. There's like 150 of them. So I, I, I don't know. I honestly think that, again, like you said, it's a misstep. I don't think, I honestly can't tell you what he was thinking, but it sounds like the press ran to get that quote so that everybody could say see asians like it we found one that's and that's what it and that's kind of how it's hard for me not to see it that way i do believe there's a lot of nuance and i want i really want to assume positive intent and at the same time i can't turn my brain off and i can't go so you guys are you guys just so happen to get you know, Benedict Wong to say that Tilda Swinton was the best person to play. Do you think that Benedict Wong... So let's take that. Let's take that statement. So if I were to say to you, hey, you don't think you could have played the ancient one, Benedict Wong? Nope. Tilda Swinton is the only person... Nah, fam, you don't believe that. 
You don't know nobody no. who could have played the ancient no, one no, better no. than her. But they didn't ask that. Qu- but they didn't he, ask that. Question. He didn't, they didn't we, ask him at all. He volunteered the information. So it's like, all right, yo. No, but they're telling us he. Vo- but they're telling us he volunteered the information. I don't trust it. It's fake news. I don't. You know, we don't. I don't trust. <laughs> so basically, you don't, I don't you, trust anything anymore. You don't trust it. Did Benedict Wong actually say it? I didn't see him say it. You said it. I'm kidding. Have you seen you Saturday said that. Night Live? I didn't say that. Those That's your words. Those are your. Those your, are your words. Those That's are not your my words. words. Those. Exactly. You said that. Those are many. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> But that that's that's what we're in now. It's like I honestly no, I do believe he said it. I don't know why. I honestly don't and he might honestly feel that way. He might feel that she was the best person to play that role. We also don't know how much the Benedict Wong knows about the comic book. Hmm. Yeah. We don't know how much he knows about the canon. He might just be looking at it from an actress perspective. And I also understand the point that, you know, again, if you want to give the benefit of the doubt, I get the point he's trying to make. I just don't agree. You know? And I don't, I don't agree. I, agree. I don't agree with that statement think, of like, you know, there was, you know, she was just the best person. Because what I'm gathering from what he's saying is that, you know, actor, actress, male, female, Asians, Celtic, whatever, Tilda Swinton was just the best person to play the role. And it's like the essence of the ancient one, Tilda Swinton does a better job of bringing that across. And I'm not even mad at the her performance because, and I think that's where the red herring starts to come in, where you start to argue where yeah. Tilda Swinton did a great job. And it's like, ho, 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 wait, 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 wait. Valid point. Guess what we're not talking about? That. We're not talking no, about if she's saying. a great like, actress. It, we're talking about it, it, representation. We're talking about whitewashing. Exactly. We're talking about cupcakes. this. It's back, to, it's back to cupcakes. You're over there saying, but this celery, though, this celery is amazing. It's like, that's amazing. But I'm talking about cupcakes right now. No one asked you about celery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but I also want to say that there's also this subtle, I don't know, some people would say not so subtle, push in Hollywood, like you said earlier, of women um, in Hollywood. If you're going to get Hollywood to be more diverse, start with the women. Because mm-hmm. that's, an, you think people like that. Start, Why do you think that is? Start specifically. But start specifically with the white women. And I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Tilda, both me. Tilda Swinton, <laughs> to, both Tilda Swinton as well as um, Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. And Scarlett Johansson is the most recent one to do it. Yeah. But she was saying that she felt that playing Motoko Kusanagi, don't get me started, Motoko I'm not going to do it. Kusanagi. I'm not going to do okay? it. Okay. Uh, you got it. You all, y'all y'all, y'all have heard of her past episodes. You heard me and Adam. Which you heard is, me and Chuck. Exactly. Now you hear me and Karma. You know what it's in for. You know where we stand on with, this. With a na- exactly. With the name of a Japanese character in Ghost in the Shell, she said that she feels that it's more important. I'm paraphrasing. That it's more important that she feels that the, the, the Asian portion of the character is not as important as the fact that it's a strong female character. She didn't go into mm. it thinking about race. She went into it mm. thinking about how, how, what a strong female presence this is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, here we go again. And it's funny because I'm often dragged into these conversations about gender and race, and people forget that I'm both. Mm-hmm. So they go like, well, what's more important to you? And I'm like, both. Yes. And they're like, no, 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 no. But we're having a conversation about, you know, women's roles 
in Hollywood, not race. Mm-hmm. We just want you to separate that for a second. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I can't do that <laughs> because I'm both all the time. Right. You don't get like, you don't, don't get you don't switch. get to separate it. So you, just, you don't really have that that's as an what option. I'm saying. Right. So when you're saying representation, I want to see like you said, when they say, What do you want? That you know, do you want somebody who is um black or a woman or Asian or gay? Which one do you want? And I'm like, all of the above. Yes. Like I don't exactly <laughs> and so but there's this subtle push that I keep seeing in discussions like there's such a strong female character, there's such a strong um I don't know if you heard about it, but there was a at Sundance, there's a very interesting conversation among at a luncheon of it was people call it the feminist luncheon, but that's not actually what it was called. But it was okay. a luncheon of women directors and and women um artists and producers. And um it was run by Salma Hayek, who's higher up in Sundance now, and uh, Shirley MacLaine and a bunch of other people. And there was a sister there, excuse me, who um, instead of instead of making this a big, long, drawn out thing, there was a discussion that came up about intersectionality. And define define intersectionality w- for me, real quick, and for us, define Inter- that for us. Well, it's kind of like the cupcake conversation. It's kind of like the same thing. So, sort of like. Um, Acknowledging the fact that, and I'll just keep it to feminism right now, but acknowledging the fact that white feminism might not be the same, the perspective from a white woman on feminism might not be the same as the perspective of an Asian woman, Mm -hmm. a perspective of a Muslim woman, a perspective of an (laughs) African-American woman. Right. So when you're making decisions about, you know, these grand gestures about what's good for women and... Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, women as a whole and feminism as a whole and you're ignoring entire cultures of people that's not being intersectional intersectionality in this case would be literally the intersection think of a bunch of different cars of different colors sitting at an intersection (laughs) having a conversation so you're acknowledging the fact that not only are they in the room but their perspective might be different so tell me your perspective and tell me your perspective and tell me your perspective so yeah. that we can all come together and make sure that this benefits all of us. Yeah. What happens in feminism often is that white women will say, this is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm saying, I'm just using these two. I'm sure it happens between Asian cultures and you know other cultures. I'm just saying white and black right now. Right. But white women will say, this is what we all need to do. And black women will be like, but... Um, <laughs> and a perfect example is, you know, um, uh, and I'm not going to say white women in the workforce. I'm just going to say, and I'm going back in time now here, 50s, 60s kind of thing. And uh-huh. no, 40s, 50s to women saying they weren't being allowed to work and they weren't being allowed to um, earn money for their families. They just had to stay home. Mm-hmm and take care of their families as opposed to going out at work and applying that to a black woman whose men weren't allowed to work, but whose women were allowed to work. We were allowed to be maids and cooks yeah, and things like that. You can't say it's not going to be the same fight. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't the same fight. Like we, right, we right. should be allowed to leave the house and work. Meanwhile, I'm literally working 16, 20 hours a day mm-hmm. at your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're not working. So, Talking about you're not, you're not allowed working. to work. Exactly. But then I'm not, I'm not allowed to say anything about it. 
So that that, that is sort of, that is the culture. Yeah. And that's the culture that comes in when you see a lot of these fights online about when you see um, feminists mm-hmm. and, and, you know, intersectionality. Yeah. And I have a lot of people ask me like, you know, you know, what are you, what do you like to be called? Like, do you like to be called a feminist, a womanist, you know, what? and I'm like, Karama, mm. that, that works. Yeah. You can, can just call me Karama, you know, and if you have a question, you can ask me, I'll answer it. Right. You know, what's interesting about what you're saying, um, and this is something that I've kind of, uh, kind of been working through my thoughts on this, and I really appreciate your perspective because you're teaching me. You know, you're you're Aww. putting me up on stuff that's making me go, huh? Oh, you know what? I never thought about it like that. It's like, well, I'm not a woman, so you know what I mean. Why would I think about it like <laughs> that? Because that's not that. A lot of that is not things that I've experienced or what I've gone through. So, a lot of what you're explaining to me is making me go, oh yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. You know. And what? here's the thing. I'm not even sitting up here bashing you over the head saying, Octavius, you need to agree with me, and this is what you need to do. I'm not saying that. Right. Uh, and this is my general conversation with most people. And even if you, like, <laughs> I had literally a conversation with a Trump supporter on tr- Twitter the other day, and it was hilarious. Because he was, like, coming at me like he wanted to fight. And I'm like, I'm not fighting you. I'm just telling you what I think. If you don't believe what I think is right, that's your opinion. But, you know. And he was like, no, no, no. And we had a little discussion. And after the discussion, it was actually about the... um the Netflix trailer for... Um, Dear White People. Dear White yeah. People. Yeah, because he was yelling and screaming like, this is racist and this is whatever and this is, you know, this whole movie is probably out to get us. I'm like, no, that's not what the movie is about. The movie is actually... I said, I don't know what the Netflix series is about, but the movie was about a woman who is actually dealing with, and I'm not going to spoil it, but right. the general overtone is really dealing with the concept of racial identity in this world of triggers and Good word, you know, things that social media and, you know, stuff like that. And she was, it was actually a story about a woman of mixed race yeah. dealing with her own identity. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, no. And then he actually went off and watched it and came back. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I still support Trump, but I think you might be right about this one. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, Shout I Shout out to you. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I can't guess. Yeah. You know, hi, exactly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but and so my thing is, it's it, the problem is nobody wants to have a discussion anymore. Everybody wants to say they want the hot like, takes. You, as we put I, it. They want the hot takes. They want the hot takes. They want to be able to say. But if I say, but listen, have you asked this person their, their perspective? They have the answers. No. What about me? Yeah. Yeah. It's my birthday too. So right, it's my birthday too. And somebody was saying, like, I was laughing the other day. Actually, also they were talking about forty-five and all the things that's happening, and they're like, <laughs> they talk about. I 45. literally had a woman I was working with. <laughs> All these women, and I had a woman I was working with, um, and literally say to me, like, I, you know, she's a white woman, and she was going to the protests and everything, uh-huh. and she was like, you know, are you going to be down there? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And she was like, you know, this is for you, too. And I'm like, oh, I'm clear on that. But I think that march is for you. And she was like, huh. you know, why do you say that? There's a woman, that black woman that organized it and everything. I'm like, yes, but if the police come out, they're not shooting you. Hmm. So that's okay. Yeah. Why do you think the police will be shooting you? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe the last 365 days or so of police. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and protests. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of twitchy when it comes to large crowds. Right. And honestly, this is not just a protest in general. It could be Times Square on New Year's Eve. I'm twitchy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but I, I think that the thing that I would say was just like, I, you, the, the the woman was saying like oh but he's taking away our rights we're not being listened to we're it's it's gonna come back to us being ignored always being second guessed 
always having to fight to, for every little thing. We're going to go back 10 years. That doesn't affect you? I'm like, no, that was Tuesday. Huh. <laughs> right. But because I am usually the only one wherever I work or what I do, I do editing and graphics, for those of you who don't mm-hmm. know, in my day job. I'm TV. You know, so somebody says something, you know, racist or stupid. If I'm the only one in the room... I make a decision. I can either, if it's somebody who I think is open and receptive to it, I'll say, that wasn't cool. Let me explain why. Right. But if I, I don't feel like having a fight that day, I got to just suck that up and keep going and just get that page out. Yeah. I, I wanted to throw, I want, but, but, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. Good. No, that's it. No, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So it's, it's just perspective is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I wanted to throw out a piece that, that kind of stands out to me is that um, even kind of going into the uh, Benedict Wong statement, it's like, your blackness has a value to it, you know? So the fact that you're a man or a woman is one thing. But at the same time, your blackness, your whiteness, your Asianness, your Native American, like all, there's a value to that. So to kind of like wash that away and kind of go, it's more about being a woman. And I think even what you're explaining to me about intersectionality is like, yeah, I'm a woman and... You know, and all of these things go together to make up my perspective and where I'm coming from. So to kind of just like cut a bunch of away a bunch of layers and just make me male or female or you know what I mean? Like there's more to it than that. Okay, but I could like flip that around and say even you as a black man, Mm -hmm. say a white man says to you, okay, don't be black for a minute. Just be a dude. Impossible. You know, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's the the. The concept of just get rid of this for a second. Yeah. And when Scarlett is, and that's what, that's what rubs me wrong about what, you know, Benedict Wong was saying, like the essence, like, well, the Asian-ness of the, the ancient one is part of the essence. So to like, just take that away. No, like the fact that, you know, the main character in Ghost in the Shell is Asian. That's important. It's not just that she's a woman. It's that she's Asian and a woman. You know, like, and if you're going to change that, you better have a good reason other than, well, it's just, and, and I'd never really, like, I felt that and I'd seen that in other places because I've heard the whole idea of like, well, I don't want to tokenize, you know, and just bring a black person in just for the sake of diversity. And one of the right. points that I've made is like, well, their blackness is important. So this is the analogy I always use. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're trying to put on a dance composition and represent all kinds of different dancing, right? Mm-hmm. And you've never seen breakdancing before, or you've never seen any kind of dancing before. And you walk up and you go, whoa, I've never seen this before. I want to incorporate this into this performance because I think this brings something special that we don't have. And I'm intentionally going to go out of my way to get that and ask you to come and represent that here. For you to go, well, I don't want to get a breakdancer just because they breakdance. Well, wait a minute. The fact that they breakdance is why I want to go get them, you know? So you don't want to get a black person or an Asian person or a woman person, that woman person, a woman just to <laughs> check a box. I'm a, I'm a woman person. I'm a woman person. I was that on a roll. That should be the name I'll... of this episode. This is that episode, Woman, woman People. <laughs> I was on a roll, so I just kept going with it. No, but, you know, like, I don't want to, like, the fact that, you know, Major, what is it? What is it? Major Kusanagi. Uh, Motoko Kusanagi. Major Kusanagi. Mot- yeah. Yeah. Even even in her name, the fact that 
it's in the Asian community and Asian culture and that, you know what I mean? Like, that's a part yes. of it. So to take that away is like, well, we're not getting but they're also, everything. I don't think they're, I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're arguing the right argument either. Because here's the thing. If, and I'm, and I'm going to play devil's advocate briefly. Um, Go for it. I did, I did hear one person talk about the ancient one who was Asian, who said to me, I don't think that the character should be played by an Asian Asian person because the character was racist as hell. And I was like, okay, uh-huh. now this I've never heard. I said, I haven't heard this argument. I haven't heard anybody say, I found the ancient, as an Asian person, I found the ancient one racist. Because there's a like lot a of- Like a stereotypical Asian ex- character? Exa- yeah, that everybody knows martial arts and uh-huh. the whole thing. Right, right. Now, at the same time, there are some, Marvel had a really bad habit of writing very, very stereotypical Asian characters back in the 50s and the 60s, especially, and 40s and 50s, especially Japanese. Mm-hmm. So they weren't referring to that, but that was their take on it. Like, I don't mind that it's Tilda as long as it's not one of us. And I said, now that's an interesting, but literally out of like all of the cacophony of stuff I've heard online, that is the only person that I said word that. word of the episode is cacophony, internet, just so you know, go Google that. <laughs> Cacophony is the word of the, of the no, no, episode. No. Carry Caco- on. Cacophony of chaos. That's what this is. That's what All right. Now, right you, now. You, you're doing too much. I can't. I'm, I'm you, sorry. You hit me Extra. with too much. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I can't follow you that far. <laughs> I, I so, need one at a time. Okay. I need just one. One. So, so basically, the other thing, the other argument that I was also having, and I um about Ghost in the Shell was this. Technically, if you're going to say that the character could be played by anybody. Motoko Kusanagi's character, she was a child. She's a cyborg, but she has a human brain. Right. She, as a baby in her mother's room, her mother, her mother was don't dying. Don't tell it all. Don't no, tell it all. No, but that's not in the movie. I don't think, honestly, I don't think this is in the movie. Well, let's assume have, it is. Okay. Well, I won't tell the whole thing, but the point is, she, everybody knows the general gist of it, the fact that she is a cyborg, but her brain could be placed in any, basically, model of mm-hmm. human Right. That case, why couldn't her brain be in the model of an Asian or whatever? But if the, the argument people were saying was, well, her body could be anything. Why can't she be played by Scarlett Johansson? And I said, I would go with you there if all the other people in the film that were the bad guys weren't Asian. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, don't try to don't Bato? try to twist this. Bato. Y'all know what it is. Bato. There's no reason that Bato couldn't have been somebody Japanese. Come on. So it's like. That's, that's I really I really appreciate I, I really appreciate this perspective. You know the the whole intersectionality conversation. Like I said, that's that's teaching me. You know I'm learning I'm trying. from I'm trying I'm learning from <laughs> what you're what you're putting out here because that really is an interesting interesting way of looking. Not interest like in, informative is is a better word for well, me. Well, it's just a different it's just a different perspective. Like I had the same argument when people were upset that Idris Elba was going to play Heimdall in Thor. Uh-huh. Enough enough time has passed, so you better not yell at me about spoilers on that. But yeah, we got when, it. We, we, you're good there. You're good. <laughs> so, but I one guy was like, "You don't understand. I'm not racist. This just this is just about trope, and this is about canon." I said, "No, it's not. If you were upset about." Idris Elba playing Heimdall, you would be upset about Chris, um, Chris um, what's his name? Helmsworth? Evans? No, Helmsworth, Helmsworth playing Thor because Thor originally had red hair and okay. a beard. Uh-huh. So if, if, you're, if you're trying to tell me you're not racist, you're just trying to stick to the original images in the comic book, I still got you. 
Because he didn't look like she, Chris She said, I, I got you. I still got you because you, it didn't look like Chris Helmworth. Um, Chris Helmworth, Helmsworth did not look like the original Thor either. Stop mm-hmm. it. Stop your shit. Stop. Well, <laughs> I think we've done enough talking on this. Like we've spent a good amount of time. We have more things that we want to talk about, but I think we might as well get into some of the talk back segment here. I think that would be good to... Um, good way to round out this episode. No comic books this week. When Adam comes back for episode 61, we'll get back to the books of the week. But I mean, this this conversation is good for me. And I hope you guys that are listening are enjoying it too, because I'm having a fantastic time talking uh, to Karma. Thank you. So thank again, you. Give, give them your Twitter so they know who to tweet at with, when they have their uh, opinions about your thoughts. <laughs> when they want to yell at, when they yell at me about stuff. Hopefully not that. <laughs> The Blur Girl, T H E B L E R D G U R L. All right, there we go. Okay, so talk back segment. Here's what we got. Um, you can shoot us your questions um, on Twitter using hashtag AskCBJ. So you can reach us there. You can also send us emails, um, comic book junto, that's J U N T O at B3 A R F R U I T dot com. That's comic book junto at um, barefruit.com. And we also have a voicemail. So you can leave us a voicemail at 215-948-2742. And if you don't want the voicemail to be on the show, say that, because otherwise it's fair game. All right. So we got some questions. We got some tweets that we're going to go through. And this should be fun. And then after that, we're going to go ahead and shut, shut episode 60 down. Oh, um, man. Time went so quickly. Yeah. You know, well, listen, I appreciate you. It's not over yet. So let's enjoy the time we have left. Okay. Um, so uh, at Lord Pennyless, I, we said before the show you really wanted to talk about. You personally wanted to answer this one. No, um, you know what? That's not even funny. That's well. Listen, I'm not going. Don't don't front on the people now that you would be on air. <laughs> Tell them the truth, ladies and gentlemen. That motor that you're hearing in the background is the bus that I just got thrown under. Hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> just throwing this out there. All right. So this one, I'm pretty sure that this is just a joke. From at Lord Pennyless, um, friend of the Junto, who's asked us many a question. Um, here's his question. How does Ben Grimm wipe himself? Hashtag ask CBJ. Lord Pennyless, you're a grown man, okay? <laughs> I'm not about, to, not about to sit here and talk about how no rock monster uses the bathroom. It ain't none of my personal business, okay? All right? I'm going to leave that between him and whoever. You know, that's his business. So that's my answer. I don't know. Okay, I don't know why you're asking me about how another full-grown rock monster, what he does in the bathroom. Why would I know that? Okay, so that's my answer. I don't know. I don't know the answer. (laughs) I don't either. And it's possible that his his system metabolizes it in a different way or something. Yeah, how you even know? Why? How do you even know he used? You know what I mean? What's going on? How you even know that he got to wipe himself? Does he? Does he need to go anymore? Like we don't know this. Listen, I'm not a part of that world, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I know. And that's what we've been trying to tell y'all. Sometimes you got to just let people know. I don't know the answer. Okay, you don't got to have a hot take about Ben Grimm. My answer is that's none of my business. That's my answer. All right, so we got another question um, from at Fizz versus the World. Um, says at Comic Book Junto, with the success of Lego Batman and rumors slash news of Ben Af- bent of Batflick troubles, could the DC EU, which is DC Extended Universe, be having its own rebirth soon? Hashtag AskCBJ. So, Karma, we read this before that we recorded. You said you didn't really get this question, or you weren't feeling it, or something. Well, it's, like not that. Th- it's not that I'm not getting it. I just I separate TV from. Um, 
especially in the DC universe, I separate TV from the DCU <laughs> of the TV world from their movies, uh-huh. and I all and I definitely separate their animated stuff, which I consider Lego Batman, even though it's, uh-huh. you know, it's, st- uh-huh. it's stop motion, it's still animation. I definitely separate their animated stuff from their live action. So, um. I think Lego Batman is successful. I think Lego Batman is successful because there are no live people in it. Um, <laughs> but I also think that the Batfleck thing is different. It's separate. It's it's the whole Batman Superman franchise um, as a whole. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to affect Lego and Rebirth. I don't know. I'm more of a Marvel girl, but I thought Rebirth just referred to the is basically a reference to the comics. Yeah. And they just rebooted the comics anyway. So I think it's sort of three questions that are kind of overlapping. Like, I don't think Lego Batman is going to affect a reboot of, like, Deadshot again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think think what what I'm getting from the question, like... With the six, so so here's here if I could break it down in in, mm-hmm. in Octavius, right? What he's okay. saying is, look, fam, because he's, he's he's clearly saying, look, fam. So that's the first part of what he's obviously he's yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. saying, clearly. look, fam. He didn't clearly. put that in because he had 140. And he's like, I'm not about to right. waste that. He know what it clearly is. Clearly, he he's know, from Philly. Obviously he knows what time it is. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. All right. So he says he's basically saying, look, we all know that the DC extended universe is having struggles. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck is playing Batman and he's writing and he's directing and I'm not going to write it and direct it unless the script is right down to now I'm not going to direct it, but I'm going to get someone to help directing it. Now rumors are floating rumors. Now these are no facts rumors that he might not want to play Batman at all anymore. And then Rick, is it Rick or Robert Famuyiwa? Rick Famuyiwa? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's Robert Famuyiwa. Um, well, Mr. Famuyiwa, let me yeah. say that. He was going to be the director on The Flash. Now he's not the director on The Flash. I think they've gone through a handful of directors. And now they're have <clears throat> now what I'm hearing is that there's a full rewrite on the whole entire script now. Well, if, you, and, if you remember, Wonder Woman went through the same thing. Yeah, so I think what he's saying is, is like, look, a lot of people didn't like Batman v Superman. It seems like this DCEU is really struggling. But what works is... Lego Batman. What works is the DC animated, you know, TV show, uh, animated movies. Are, are we going to get to a point where it's like, you know what, let's just scrap all this and start over? Because this isn't okay, working. Well, but here's the thing. I, and I've always felt this. I've always felt that DC um, makes amazing animated yes, ma'am. movies and animated shorts. Yes, ma'am. And Marvel makes amazing live action movies. That is correct. There's, I can count on one hand the Marvel animated anything. Movies yes. or series. Like the only one in recent memory that I really liked was Earth's Mightiest Avengers, and that hasn't uh-huh. been on in a minute. Um, <clears throat> where everybody voted to try and get um, Young Justice back, and it's oh, coming we back. Need, we, we need that. We need that. Yeah. So I think DC just as a in general, and the the departments are completely you know run completely differently. So yeah. I I I think the reason why this has happened is because. The animated series and the animated arm of DC is just more buttoned up than the live action um, portion. And also, animation works differently. There's tons uh-huh. and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons, and tons of pre production that goes into animation that does not happen necessarily on live action. I'm not saying that they don't have pre production, but right. there's less because you're not, you know, and then if you make a change, 
the change is a, a, a voice actor. It's not yeah. a costume a yeah. whole day. You know, it's not it's not as expensive. Reshoots. Yeah. yeah, it's reshoots and things like that. I honestly think, and, but DC in terms of TV is doing amazing. The CW, which should actually just be basically be called DC TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we know, were going to talk about this, that there's going to be a Black Lightning that's going into the CW as well. Right, because, um, yeah, good to add to, it's another Greg Berlanti. Uh, Greg Berlanti is the executive producer on The Flash. He's the executive producer on, um, well. Supergirl, Green Supergirl, Arrow. Supergirl, Green Arrow. Um, I, yeah, Black Lightning is coming. You're hearing the, the, the trepidation in my voice because I feel, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to feel about Black Lightning. I kind of feel like this, like you do with, um, the the movie that we're trying, you know, you were talking about Rampage. I, yeah, I yeah, kind of yeah, need yeah. to see. I kind of need to see a trailer because the last time I saw Black Lightning, he actually showed up in a Young Justice episode that had Static Shock in it, or yeah. sh- Static in it. I shouldn't say Static yeah. Shock for like ten minutes, and I liked it. But live action, I I, I don't I don't know. And he's uh-huh. got <clears throat> now. It sounds like where they're starting from, which is. Not his origin story, but his daughter. He's grown and he's got kids, right? Yeah, and his daughters are Thunder and Lightning, I believe. Um, so that part, I have to. I'm not as familiar with that as I am with the older version of Black Lightning, um, uh-huh. and I don't know because. But here's a, here's the thing. I actually had that was one of the few people who had the same trepidation about Luke Cage because everybody's like, "Yeah, Luke Cage." I'm like, "Oh Dad. yeah, I was excited about but, that." But but my thing was, well, I was excited once I started seeing the trailers. But I was nervous at first because Luke Cage started as a black exploitation character. Yes, yes. So yes, black, and so I said I, this could go south quickly. But then when I saw Cheo Hudari Coker was going to be directing it, and I started starting the trailers and the music, I'm like, oh no, it's good. We're going to be fine. But so that's the thing. I, I'm I have that same kind of nervousness. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's a character that is actually an older character that was created by Tony Isabella and Trevor Von Eden. Black Lightning, um, you're talking, right? Black Lightning, yes. Yeah. And um, and he basically, I mean, <clears throat> it's not that his powers are, it's funny because his powers are similar to Static, which I thought was interesting that they teamed them uh-huh. up together. They're not exactly yeah. the same because Static was, you know, um, can sort of pull electricity. He has to have something around him to pull electricity. And I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, Black Lightning, Lightning can almost just generate it. It's, he doesn't have to. I don't have a whole lot him. of experience with Black Lightning, but mm-hmm. I'm under, that's what I'm understanding. That's my yeah. general gist. But I can't say that I'm as like well versed with Black Lightning as I am with Batman or you know something someone right. else. He he also has he can um, because he also can use his. Uh, um, Oh, I know what it is. He has he can control the electromagnetic fields around his body. Static has to pull, can pull from electricity, but he actually can control what's in the air and what's around him, and he can use it to launch himself, launch things, similar to the way Static can control his board. Um, yeah. But basically, the story is going to be about his daughters, um, Thunder and Je- uh, Thunder and Lightning. Thunder is Anissa, Jennifer is Lightning. Anissa, I remember from The Outsiders. I don't remember Jennifer, but everybody's saying that she was in Justice Society of America. Like I said, I'm more of a Marvel girl, but um, uh-huh. I, I think what they're going for is that teen audience. 
I think what they're going that I shouldn't say teen, teen through twenties audience. Um, I think because they've already primed the arena with um, these <clears throat> the characters that are already in the CW. It's right. nice to see him. But once again, what happened to Vixen? So they, well, they brought, you talking about they, the cartoon joint? I'm talking both. Basically, Vixen was actually a lot. They brought Vixen in as a guest appearance on Green Arrow. And I thought she was either going to be a series re- regular or they were going to spin her off into her own show. Uh-huh. And, no, and Vixen just comes in and out. She's not, as far as I can tell, getting anything regular. Then they give us an animated series that's like four minutes plus titles. Yeah. You know, and a whole series. What was so really what, annoying about... What it seems ahead. like I'm hearing is, as far as you're concerned, <laughs> the DCEU reboot has already happened in the Berlantiverse. I think it has. I think I honestly think TV, DC and the TV, move, and like the TV different. stuff is, yeah. T, the, so and I and I agree with you. Like anything DC animated, I'm in. The, I feel about DC animated the way I similar to how I feel about Marvel Cinematic. Exactly. Like Marvel Cinematic, they're putting it out. I'm there. DC animated, they're putting it out. I'm there. I'm, bi- I'm I don't, I don't it, even right. need to see. I don't even need to see a trailer. I'm going yeah. to see it. Um, but when it comes to these movies, man. You know, it's and, and I love Batman. Batman is my favorite. I really want to see a great Batman movie. And, you know, but I was talking to my buddy about it and it was just like, for whatever reason, even when it comes down to comics, like we talked, to, asked about Rebirth and mm-hmm. we were talking about it. My buddy, Kenny Sparks, I was saying, I was like, man, like when it comes to the comics, if Marvel goes, we're going to do a man thing comic. All right, I'll pick it up. We're going to do a Rocket Raccoon, a Groot, a Gamora, a this, a that, a Moon Girl, a Devil Dinosaur. I don't even know what that is. Okay, let's try it. Like, whatever they put out. You're hilarious. I don't know what that is, but I'm going. Yeah, but, you know, like, for real, honestly, that's a a lot of times that's how I feel. Like, I'm into it. But even in the comics, I'm like, I can't, I don't know who, what, however they package things. I think it's kind of because they're like gods. And I can't really, like, connect with the way they tell their stories. Right. Well, there's um, also something else that you named in there. You named two or three new comics and new characters that Marvel yeah, did. Yeah. They're having trouble because they keep rebooting the same. Yes. Um, now, uh, here's the thing, though. They I, keep I rebooting. Mean, I miss, and this I one thing I want to. Scott I Snyder, this one, though. Scott's still there. He's still he's still writing Batman. He's just no, writing no, no, but all-star I mean, Batman. I, w- I wish they could get him to write a script for TV or movie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like. You know what I think it is? Here's here are my thoughts on DC DC Extended University. Now I'm just going to lay it out there. They have not put in the time that Marvel has. And as a result, they're trying to make up for almost 10 years in two. And it's not working. Nope. They started out many moons ago with Iron Man. And they have built up for almost a decade to where they are now. In into Netflix, into and their comic books, and it just really seems like Marvel has a path. They have a horizon they're working towards, and they have been putting one foot in front of the other for a very long time. And DC's like, uh, uh New Fifty Two, okay, great, uh, Rebirth, and uh, wait, what? And then uh, mm-hmm. Superman Returns, okay, Superman versus Batman. Uh, uh, okay, and you know, okay, now the Justice League. Uh, 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 okay, you know what I mean. And it's just like Marvel keeps putting one foot in front of the other, day after week, after month, after. In in their 
getting the dividends of doing so. They're reaping yeah. the harvest. But now yeah. DC's trying to microwave it. And it's like, it's it's just not working. What works for you, animated. We love yeah. it. Stay in your stay in your lane. And That's the CW works. stuff, which I haven't really do- dove into head first, but that works for you. I want to see the DCEU work, but mm-hmm. man, I don't like the fact that my favorite character, when I think about movies, I always kind of get the wincy face. Like, ugh. Whenever well, I see Ben problem, Affleck's face on an article, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now what? Well, what what yeah, happened I get, now? I get I get sour lemon face also. I mean, I also yeah. think that um oh, that's the name of the episode. Catastrophic sour lemon face. Anyway. What? The- <laughs> <laughs> what happened now? <laughs> that was a tangent. It's okay. I'm Got back. you. Okay. All right. So cool. the- <laughs> So no, it's it's almost as if um the way they build these characters, I think Marvel also can it links their universes together better. Like even Agents of Shield, that Coulson's entire character was born out of out of Iron a movie, Man, out of an Iron Man movie, yeah. and the characters cross over. Um, um, Nick Fury has been on Shield, and right. characters from that. But then, like, why is the, the DC this, universe, this, the Berlanti verse, and the movie universe not connecting? I don't know. Like when they announced that when Grant Gustin said that he that that's the TV actor that plays the Flash on T on CW. Right. He said he wasn't playing the Flash in the Justice League. I was confused. Yes. And then they introduced another dude. And I'm like, why? We don't know you. We know him. Why would you do this? Like the 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 one character that could connect them all. Um, the one character to connect them all. Would be him. Yeah. And it just and they were like, no, we're gonna go with somebody else. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I that do was remember a hearing that back in the day, and I was like, okay, you know, exactly, uh, all exactly. right. I think that was a, I think that was a misstep. Um, and I also think that they're they're literally um, it comics that the whole this whole cinematic universe. Okay, this is where, ladies and gentlemen, this is the get off my lawn portion of the program. Go for it. Um, we, take us we there. Were, I'm gonna sit sit down and listen. I was going to say, get your lemonade. Um, I when we were kids, not only did comics not drop every 15 minutes, there was no cinematic universe. Like every now and then, you'd have a movie, but it wasn't like it is now. Yeah. So the but Marvel was not owned by Disney, and 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 uh, DC was not owned by Warner Brothers. Uh huh. So I think the other thing that the other reason why. In recent years, we're having so many problems with a lot of the, these franchises is because they're not going through creative teams. The, the the people that have final edit and final say on everything are board members and, 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 and bean counters who are basically saying, no, statistically it says that white boys between the ages of 18 and 22 are going to respond better to this. So we need to have a movie about that. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to, yes. no, the next movie in the series is this. You know, uh-huh. and I think I think that's part of the I think that's part of the problem and part of the reason why. So they can in, get away with d- stuff animated. Yes, because that the they can't get away teams, with in the movie. There's not as much not as much to lose, not as much pressure. Not, because the, the the animated teams make their money in toys. They're not. Right. They, it's not about. They're not. Right. They're not making their money in the first week box box office stuff. All the animated stuff is basically going straight to video, and they want you to pick it up at Target. And as you're going to the toy aisle to pick up, you know, the toy for your kid, it's just marketed differently. So, I think 
and they don't think that kids care that much. So like they're not they're not you know getting that specific. Because uh-huh. um, I don't think, and also they don't get that much press. When was the last time that you heard a lead animator on a on a DC animated movie get dragged on Twitter? Yeah, true. <laughs> like it just true. doesn't. You know, um, the only one I can think of is the Killing Joke, but that's a mistake for so that, many other. That reasons. Killing Joke joint. We did a whole movie. We did a movie. Adam yeah, and I did I'm a movie sure. on that. Was not a good joint. Well, I mean, but yeah, I'm this, with you. you know, so, but, so I think the the problem is we're looking for them to do things that they're, they're literally looking to make money, um, which is why, like, you see a lot of people of color in comics, a lot of characters that are, that's why they, they, what I call, and I, I talk about this on the blog a lot, they reskin a lot of the characters that they have. So that's how you get a black girl being Iron, Iron Man, now mm-hmm. Iron Woman, um, a, a Iron, white woman. Ironheart. Ironheart, sorry, I, um, a uh, white woman being Thor, yeah, a black guy that's Captain America. All the quiet is is kept. He's played Captain America before. Yeah. Um, the so there's but there's this oh well everybody's asking for this and it looks like they'll move and this is really popular in the media so let's get it out there. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. I said you guys got everybody needs to start really paying attention to a lot of the indie comics because. 45 is in the office and there are board members on both those companies, DC and Marvel that are supporters of his. So all that lovely Hmm. diversity that we've been seeing for the past 14, 16 months, I am, I am, you're not not confident that it's going to be there. No, in six months, it's going to be gone. And you know, the only people that are really going to be, I don't want that to be true. I don't want it to be true either. I didn't. I didn't want the orange lantern of avarice to be president either. But you know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, take us there. Take us there. All right, go for it. Go ahead and do it. So all I'm saying is that I think we need to start paying attention to. I try to anyway. Really pay attention to indie um, artists and indie creators. And the funny thing is, a lot of the people that were saying, "Oh, they're indie. They're not mainstream." It's not true. For instance. They're but, doing both. Like, Kari Randolph. Yeah, they're doing both. And, like, the entire team on the comic book Black is from Marvel and DC. Like, David Walker's Shaft. Yeah. You know, David Walker did Shaft. David F. Doing, Walker. He, mm-hmm. He's doing Occupy Avengers. And, oh, by the way, David F. Walker. Okay, sad news, Internet. Power Man and oh. Iron Fist is ending. Yeah, I know. And I'm very sad about this. The good news is David F. Walker is, doing a stand, is writing a standalone Luke Cage comic book. That's he going is. to be coming out. He is. So there's going and to be I'm a standalone also... Iron Fist book. There's going to be a standalone Power uh, Luke Cage book. But the point, the point is again, David F. Walker, who's writing Occupy Avengers, who's written Nighthawk, who is writing Power Man and Iron Fist, and who's going to be writing Luke Cage. He's also written Shaft as well, which you might not have ever heard of. But the same guy whose stuff you love in Marvel, he's written things that aren't Marvel. Exactly. And if you actually want to hear David expand on that shameless plug, Tell I him. actually interviewed him for I interviewed him for my YouTube channel um, when they're at the Black Comic Books Convention at the Schomburg here in New York in January. The first of the series went up last week. The next of the series, I guess I'm not going to sleep tonight, will go up in the next couple of days. <laughs> and um, it's a really interesting, uh, I, Kari Randolph is on there. The whole black team is on there, actually. I have a lot, I have women creators also, because I'm getting tired of people saying that black women don't write or draw or read comics. That's really getting old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's I, I really think we need to start looking. And uh, here's the thing also, 
When you do an indie, when they do an indie book, they don't have an editor on a board of directors saying, oh, you can't say that. They're literally putting um, all of their work and their energy into it. And it's kind of like, this is going to sound like a weird analogy, but it's kind of like for me, I find it more interesting watching in basketball, the, the, the college playoffs. Than I do, than I do the pros, because the pros they're going to get their paycheck with, when the moment they sign their contract, whether they show up or injured or whatever, they're getting that money. The the kids that are playing in the playoffs, they're hungry, so they're 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 putting in the work, they're putting in the time, they're getting creative. They're you know you're going to see some really exciting stuff because they're trying to get there. Right. I I look at that as a difference between like because literally, Superman, Batman. Iron Man, all of them, they could just phone it in and they know those books are going to sell. But somebody who has got something like, you know, a well, wicked Tom, divide. Tom King ain't phone, phoning it in on, on that no, Batman. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. But but uh, the thing is, I think he, he's also an exception. I mean, think yeah. about some of the gems that you've seen, um, like Trad Moore's run on Ghost Rider. I'm mm-hmm. so happy he's back. Is, um, he, is, he, and, is he back on Ghost Rider again? Yeah. Mm-hmm, but it's not out yet. But I, I did hear that that he's he's working on it. Um, who is the Who is the illustrator on that on that Ghost Rider run? With no, the, that Trad Tradmore is the illustrator. He's the illustrator, and who's the writer? The writer is because I've got to be honest with you. When I opened up that new Ghost Rider book and it wasn't Tradmore, I was like, eh, close it right back. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, no, no. But th- that you're talking about who stepped in after him? Okay, yeah. Let's see. You said um, he's coming back. Yeah, Tradmore is coming back. I don't know if it's for a full run. Um, well, either way, and, we we don't we don't have to look it up right now because yeah, we we all have Google. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so Google it, kids. So all I'm saying is, um, I know we're yelling about. We're, there's a lot of yelling about what's wrong out there, which is fine. We should, but don't forget to 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 shed a little light and you know give a little energy to the stuff that's good. Because quiet as it's kept, I thought Nighthawk was amazing. But nobody Me too. Paid I was so mad when it went down. When it, when but nobody it paid attention to Nighthawk until they canceled it. You know, because, and, and there's a lot of people talking about it on social media, but there weren't people buying it and pre-ordering it. That's, that's the other issue with, well, I'm sure you guys have talked about this too, the whole Diamond pre-order system. It's so hard when I'm trying to explain why people should pre-order comics Especially when you can they just buy based off the pre-orders. Yeah, they buy based on the off the pre-orders, and also sales are are sort of pre-selected. Like they will look, they will forecast sales based on the number of pre-orders. So, like, oh, your book isn't doing well because it doesn't have that much pre-orders. Doesn't matter if when it hits the stores, it sells out. I'm not saying it doesn't completely matter, but it's just it's just it's just sad because I think a lot of good books are not. Um, staying on the shelves but at the same time there's there are a lot of good indie things out there you know but mm-hmm. we're Speak, speaking of which i, I wanted mm-hmm. to i wanted to kind of dive into one of our last this might be our last question but depending upon how long we go on this this is something that i thought was very interesting because we're talking about a lot of you know people of color black comics and illustrators and indie and all this kind of stuff so this question is kind of interesting so <clears throat> it's from at um wait hold on i'm in the wrong zone you know, it's going to be okay. All right. So at the Sings, S-Y-G-N-S, at the mm-hmm. Sings, question is, what constitutes a black comic? That's so I've, I've been asked this question before, and I find it interesting. Okay. Tell, um, well, well, I have a thought, but... No, let's, see, let's hear your thought. They're tired of me talking. They're tired of hearing my voice. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you answer this. Well, you know, 
like me being myself, the first thing I want to do is ask questions. I want more. I want more clarification. I want more. Like, what do you, what do you mean, black comic? Like, yep. I don't. I, but I think I, that's I, what he's asking. I are well, you know. I already kind of feel like the way the question is positioned forces me into a place that I don't think is the point. You okay. know, like what's a black comic? I don't know. I, you know, like it's, it's hard for me to answer that. Um, um, I would say that there's such a thing as black culture. You know, I think that there's such a thing as a certain perspective of people who are black, who've grown up in black cultures and black communities and know what it's like to be black in America or black in this place and that place. So just like there's an American culture, there's a white American culture. So when I think of something being black, like black music, black food, black this and that, it's something that represents a particular culture, community, worldview perspective. That's what I think about. Without being able to a- ask more questions and get more clarity about what you're asking us slash me, that's what I have off the top of my head. Um, okay. I, I think I would, I'm going to get a little bit more literal with it and talk about the books themselves. Um, every year at um, the East Coast Black Age of Comic Convention, which is in Philadelphia, this year's it's in May, um, mm-hmm. there is something called the Glyph Awards, G-L-Y-P-H. And the Glyph Awards, as far as I know, are the only awards for... I was going to... people. I want to say people of color in comics, because they've actually extended a little bit. It's not just black people. Um, but it was originally just images of black people in comics. And their definition is any comic where the at, uh, the lead characters, one or two leads, are, um, are black and or uh, the creators are black as well. For instance, um, a webcomic hmm. series that I think is amazing called Kamikaze, that won a couple years ago. Um, the entire team is white, but the main character is black. And actually, all the characters in the, in the comic are, it's truly, like, diverse. It's like every race is practically is represented. Um, and it has nothing to do with the story. It just, they just are, which I find awesome. Um, Moon, Girl okay. and Devil Dino- Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur won. Um, Natasha Bustos is a person of color. She is Latina. She is the artist. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that. But um, that also won a Glyph Award. And the rest of the team on that is white. But then there's also this notion that a black comic is all black all day all everything you know from the creator to the writer to the artist Mm -hmm. to you know the characters which is fine as well the answer that i'd like to give this particular question is that one of the things that i find problematic is that just like mainstream the reason why we're having trouble defining black comics is because it doesn't need a definition. It is intersectional. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there are people that are... Mm-hmm. The, I'm, I have done uh, reviews on uh, com- African comics. I have a whole series on African comics. And the writers and creators and some of the characters are all based in Africa. Does that mean that they're not black comics? Some people would say yes. They would say, well, no, we're referring to only African-American comics. I'm like, okay, but then you get in there and you go, not all of us are from here. Uh, you got Caribbean artists. You've got, you know what I mean? You've got expats from different countries, people that don't speak, uh, all speak English. There's French comics that all have African characters in them. Right. So 
I agree with you that we have to, I don't think it needs to be defined because the whole concept of, here we go, this is for Black History Month, the whole concept of blackness <laughs> is not one thing. So right. I, I don't think, the uh, the only person so who's not if, allowed can I, can I jump in, in there real this quick? zone, sure. Um, so I, I guess well, part of what made me kind of go, huh, was kind of being like, wait, wait, mate, you know what? I lost my thought because you were, if you keep saying what you okay. were saying, maybe it'll come back to me. Okay. Um, I lost my thought there. Okay. <laughs> the So basically, I just think that, um, I think when people, the, the whole um, hashtag that you saw online, though, Black Heroes Matter, um, that was really important because it was about representation. But I think people get caught up in, um, there's been, I think that hashtag got caught up in Black Lives Matter, and which I, I don't think that necessarily should have happened because they're, they're two separate things and they're both very important, but for different reasons. Wait, which hashtag again? Say that again. Black Heroes Matter. Yeah. Um, Black Heroes Matter referred to black comic book characters and black creatives. Yeah. Um, but the again, and this is just me, the problem that I often find is that women aren't included in that conversation. Black women. Right. So, you know, we're the black heroines. Um, so I think that when it, I think, the whole concept of black comics is being defined and redefined. And I think the, 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 only, the only thing that I can't answer that I, I think it gets a little dicey for me is when we talk about uh, white writers writing black characters in all black comic books. I do question, like, is, does this really mean something to you or are you simply trying to make money off of a genre? Yeah, um, but if it's somebody who clearly has diverse characters of different colors, you know, I don't, I, the, that's my goal is that it's, it's more inclusive and it's more diverse all the way around. Um, but yeah, I think, and the other problem is I think a lot of quote unquote black comics and black indie comics have gotten a bad rap because people think that they're of lesser quality. Mm -hmm. And that, that upsets me because I don't think people realize how many there's, there's, Clearly, more black women um, and men doing art for the big two. I would say the big three now because Valiant's kicking everybody's butt. Um, you, you think that you think the third is Valiant, not Image? I think Valiant. I think Valiant and Image are running neck and neck. But Valiant won like all the Hugos last year, like all the things. Okay. Um, I'm not. I personally, me personally, I like Image's comics better. Um. But if we're looking at, like, sales and numbers, Valiant did beat them, I believe, if you're looking at the, I think, the 2016 numbers. Um, but the the point is, I think there's more of us that are behind the scenes that are creating. We're clearly not as much as you would think, but there's a lot of us there that go, you know, that work on indie as well as, you know, uh, mainstream comics, which is like what I was just saying earlier, like David Walker, et cetera. Um, what I think we need to do is start really pushing the artists and creators and the work that is diverse and quality. 
I don't right. think okay. that I don't think it needs to be an or like, well, you know, this is black, so I gotta buy it. Like, no, it looks like it was drawn by a preschooler with their left hand. I don't, no, we don't, no, we don't I'm do not that. buying it. We don't do I'm that. not buying that. I'm not We're buying not it. I'm that. sorry. It's gotta and be I good. Think, right. It has to be good, it has to be quality. <laughs> or I there's I get sent tons of comics to review and I don't always get a chance to do it. But there's I mean, I was sent one where the art was amazing, but this dude beat the crap out of his girl. And it was just sort of like oh, that was a Tuesday. Like, oh, that happened. She made me mad. But, you know, I'm better now. Like, no, you literally just put a woman on the hospital. I'm not, I'm, and I told the Wait, guy, I'm like, you're I'm not the, you're, about, you're talking about the creator or the person in the, in the, in the, the person in the comic. In the comic, the character, gotcha. the, okay. the character that he created. So my, what, I'm, what I'm referring to here now is something that has good art, but a storyline that I don't agree with. Got you. But I think, I'm not saying that, hey, there's enough out there. I think the problem is like, there's a lot of, we need more, we need more, we need more. We do. But at the same time, what's going to happen is with the Marvels and the DCs is they're going to ignore indie creators and go outside for other people that they think have a big draw. For instance, Ta-Nehisi Coates on Black Panther. I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not mad at him writing that. I think he's doing an amazing job. I agree. Brian he's Stone doing a fantastic awesome. job. He's Both doing an incredible job. Um, you know, um, Roxanne Gay and Yona Harvey doing an amazing job of World of Wakanda. Yes. However, there's a lot of black folks that could have written that comic that have been in comics for years. But Ta-Nehisi Coates is a draw because he has um, a book that is a, a, a bestseller and he's very um, popular in mainstream culture, even though he is talking about his own. Same thing with Rona Harvey in a different sort of way. So there was a, there's, there's, you could, could be argued like, yeah, okay, yay, we're getting stuff. But are we? Because they're not looking at the rest of the people who've been actually working at it for a long time. Uh-huh. They're looking for people that they think that will help put books on the shelves and get the word out there about their, you know, their comics. I and I do think, think that one- both of those things are, both of those things are, got, they have to be hard to balance and weigh and right. measure. It's got to right. be a difficult thing to do because, you, you know, at the end of the day, your job is to sell books. And at the end of the day, your job is to serve, serve the people at the same time. You would hope that that's a part of the, that's the part of the intention as well. So being able and represent the people. So, you know, it's not a matter of like, poor them. It's just, I think, an awareness of going like, yeah, the task that you've taken on is a difficult one. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. difficult. And, you know, like we, like Adam and I say often, it's like, good job. But, you know, right. like, like the good job is not the end of the conversation. Not just because you did one thing good does not make you immune to feedback and criticism. It's like, that was great. And here's another thing that you could have done a little bit better, a little bit differently. And I think that's the thing about geek culture that (laughs) makes this community and this culture so interesting is that everyone's got perspectives. And I think that now that we've got things like 28 Days of Black Cosplay, now that we've got things like, you know, more people of color and more representation and reality, as you put it, in the in the writer's room and behind the camera and who are pushing the pencils whether it be in ty- you know type writing and illustrating and coloring and inking and all that kind of stuff hopefully like this representation is going to start coming together and be able to expand what geek culture is supposed to be which is like mm-hmm. us all enjoying this thing together and learning from one another and that's what 
we want the Junto to be. You know, it, the whole point is for us to come together and go, what's your perspective? Where are you coming from? How did you see this? When you saw this, read this, how did you make it feel, make you feel? And for you to be able to go, oh, okay. And, to, and, for, and for people to take geek culture seriously, you know? Yeah. So. And, and I, and I completely agree. And I think like you said, it's right. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like praising a child. It's like, you did, you did so good. I am so proud of you. Ah, okay. Well, next time we're going to get an A, right? <laughs> so right. you have that, that's what it's like, you know, sometimes, but I, I also want to tell people like, also start talking about the stuff that you like, the stuff that's good. Quit filling up the timelines with the, the, the stuff that you hate. Because honestly, I'm seeing like from the from the Grammys on forward, I'm seeing a lot of they, they say in times of political unrest, which is if y'all don't know, we're in political unrest right now. Um, artists really step up and some amazing art yes. and amazing writing and amazing work comes out of that. And I think we're going to see from comics and, and films and a bunch of other things. I think we're going to see some amazing, amazing things. But we got we to gotta promote it. We got to talk about it. We got to shed some light on it. And that's my goal with my site. That's my, that's what you guys are doing. I think, and you're doing an amazing job, by the way. I didn't say that yet. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. We're trying. Um, like giving it the good old one, two. Yes. Bear fruit, that whole concept and everything as well. I think you guys, you know, you're, you're, you're part of that. So I, I don't, I don't think it's all bad. I think there's a lot out there for us to read and do and talk about and discuss, but keep the discussion going. Don't yeah. shut it down. Yeah. Don't like, forget it. I'm done. Forget it. Don't do that. Keep the discussion going. Keep talking about the stuff that's good, you know, and talking about the things that, you know, need to change as well. But it's not, I think honestly, these days, I, comics and uh, art and anime are what are basically getting me through my day, hmm. <laughs> or what I get through, what I what I wind down with. Because if you right, sit there, because right. every day when I sit and watch the the news, I was joking with my man the other day. We sat there and watched the news, and after the news, we looked at each other like Lawrence Fishburne in Event Horizon. He turned off the TV and was like, "We're leaving." Hmm. Like he was like. <laughs> Get your passport ready, because we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, word up. You know what, Karma? I appreciate you coming on and being on Comic Book Junto. This I appreciate is, this, you this has been good. Me. This has been good. And I hope that everybody listening enjoyed it as well. Um, and speaking of keeping the conversation going, why don't you remind them one more time where they can find you on the internet? You can always find me on the interwebs, mostly on Twitter, the Blurred Girl, um, that's at The Blurred Girl, T-H-E-B-L-E-R-D-G-U-R-L. And I'm also on TheBlurredGirl.com. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Tumblr. Um, basically, if you Google The Blurred Girl, you will find me. <laughs> there it is. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all under the same John. At Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. If you like this podcast, leave us five stars and a positive comment. You know, let us know what your thoughts are by sending us 
Karma and NI tweets. Um, you can almost send, you can also send tweets to at Comic Book Junto. That's J U N T O. Remember, you can submit your questions for Comic Book Junto for a future episode of Comic Book Junto using hashtag AskCBJ. Send your emails to Comic Book Junto at barefruit.com. That works as well. And you can also leave us voicemails. Um, the number is 215 948 2742. Yeah, and this has been episode 60. We made it through. We did. We made it. <laughs> we survived. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, please do share this with somebody. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Follow on SoundCloud. Leave your comments as you're listening on on, on SoundCloud. We're on Google Play. We're on um, Stitcher. Pretty much wherever, Overcast, wherever you're, you receive your podcasts, you can find us there. Um, recommend this to somebody else. And tune in for the future episodes. We've got some movie reviews coming up. Um, this evening, I'm going to see an advanced screening of Matt Damon on top of the Great Wall of China. So I got thoughts already, and I ain't even seen the movie yet. Oh, wow. So, yeah. The Great White China. Yeah. The Great White Wall. The so, Great White Wall. Right. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Did I forget anything, Karma? You got anything else you want to hit the people with? Nah, just stay positive, guys. I know the, the interwebs look kind of bleak right now, but it's not all bad because cats. There's always that. all right so that's it for episode 60 thanks for hanging with us we love y'all until next time peace (laughs) 